0: We have a million other things that we could be talking about, we could be doing. And right now, I think that my duty is to other human beings. You don't gotta fuck with me. I fuck with me. You know what I'm saying? These people that buy my brand, they fucks with me. You think that I see because if you're in such pain, that you see, you you think that everybody sees how much in pain, pain you are. 'Cause am coming out a little bit stronger this year. Like I'm to everybody, like people that are coming to me to help, healing, they don't that they literally they're right here. All right, y'all, I am here, and it is Chitch. This is episode three, and it is Sunday, April 7, 2019, and we are coming to you from the house of D scats. So today's episode is about love. I actually did a Tell the Truth Tuesday show about hate um, earlier in the week, just, you know, between the nip hustle thing, and like I said, I'm still chipping off. Cliff Dixon getting killed, murdered on his birthday in front of a club, didn't even make it to his own party. And um, today I want to talk about love because love isn't – it's funny because people always think that love is actually the opposite of hate, and it's not. The opposite of love is indifference. And if you don't know what indifference is, then you might want to find out. Come, come holler at me long enough, you'll find out what indifference is, okay? Okay. Um, I often say that love and hate are two sides to the same coin, and we get to choose which side we're going to flip today, okay? So this week has been a trying one for a lot of us because they're now comparing Nipsey Hussle to Jesus due to the fact that he died at 30, I'm sorry, was murdered, assassinated um, at age 33, and, a lot of people are having problems with that, and his grandmother actually came out and spoke and said, "You know, I want y'all to stop thinking about vengeful things to do to this man and Chris Darden, and you know, you know his whole." Uh, I said, "I'm not even going to cuss in church," but his whole self. Uh, Picked up that case for the gentleman that's accused, and remember, he's being just accused of uh, murdering Nipsey Hussle, who was actually somebody that was in his own camp. So it's not all these conspiracy theories. This is not a Malcolm X situation. Um, But his grandmother said something very profound in which she said, you know, not so much that she was happy, but that she understands that his time on earth was complete and so now they're holding his um funeral ceremony at uh, Staples center and uh you know it just it, it brings a lot into concern because you look at the pictures of him and in Lauren in London and I think that that's what I liked most about their rela- their relationship like i knew that Nipsey was getting money but i didn't know that it was to the extent of he owned most of the mall where that marathon store was. He was one of the first people that actually had an interactive online store where you could do things and then go into the store, scan a barcode, and then the items that you ordered online would be ready for you, so on and so forth. So back in the day when I was, like, walking in darkness, and I still walk, but I just, you know, I skip now uh, through the darkness because we're familiar with it and we can navigate it. I used to think that hate, was more powerful than love And I thought that Because with hate comes anger And with anger comes violence And so that's why I think When we watched Gail King In that explosive interview with R. Kelly A lot of us, especially women Not just black women, just women in general Were triggered by that interview Because here is this man Jumping up And, you know, being accused of abusing women And so on and so forth And he's jumping up and Gail just sat there and basically was like, Robert, Robert, like completely unbothered. You want to know what indifference looks like? Watch Gail in that interview. That's indifference. A lot of us watched that, and I actually had to make a post about it. And basically, you know, everybody's like, oh, how come everyone is thinking that this is such a great feat? And it's such a great feat because some of us women have been so abused and have been so triggered in life that if Robert Kelly would have jumped up in my face like that, we have a problem. We're gonna tear that whole episode up and that's a fact. Robert Kelly wouldn't have jumped in my face like that. I'm not that healed. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not that much into the light at this time. Okay, and it triggered a lot of people. But I said to myself, that's the real power is being able to sit there in the in the presence of a monster, really. Let's just call it what it is. And uh, we could we could listen, this is not about R. Kelly was getting ready to buy his masters. Y'all know he'd been peeing on little girls. Y'all know what he did. When he did what he did with Aaliyah, I was around Aaliyah's age. Because you remember, Aaliyah probably within three to four years, you know, in my age bracket. Um, when when I knew he did that, he was nasty. Did I still listen to his music? Absolutely bumped it, you know. But we've been new in the black community, just like we knew about these preachers, just like we knew about a lot of stuff. And so I'm going to talk about in my book, Black Girls Book of Shadows, which is due out any any time now and I can just get this thing together. Um I went to a church in, uh, Tampa and it was, uh, cause, cause I don't care. It's called without walls. And, uh, I'm talking about, I was a real church person. Cause if you're wondering how I got from there to here, it was love. And I'm going to tell you why. So I go to this church. It used to be the old Canada dry building in Tampa, Florida. It's a mega church. Like T.D. Jakes was our Bishop, Noel Jones who is actually Grace Jones brother. Uh, the Honorable Grace Jones brother, um, he was one of our bishops. So we went to this huge mega church. my husband and I at the time, baby in tow. And I watched the church deteriorate. And this wasn't the first church that I watched deteriorate. I watched the churches in Atlanta deteriorate because of sexual abuse and sexual misconduct. I watched, you know, um, Kurt Franklin come out and say he had a porn addiction. I watched a lot of things. And, you know, like I told you all before, this move for me to start doing churches for us who – we don't have time maybe to get up and go through the politics of church because church is very political. And uh, we don't need to do that when you start realizing that you are a God and you are your own church. Your living room is your church. Your sanctuary is wherever you find peace. I don't need to get up and leave my house and go to another building and find that. And that's what this whole movement of church is about. And I took the hour out of church because this is not religion. Religion and spirituality two different things. So I went to this church, and I watched the pastor cheat on his wife, uh, who is was Pastor Randy White and Paula White. Now, I can tell you with great certainty, when I met Paula White, I was going through a divorce. I had a little baby. And I remember we were in the mall that's, like, adjacent to Without Walls. It's near Dale Mabry Mabry Highway, down the street from all the strip clubs. Um, And... uh, I remember this is before she became this mega preacher. And actually, if I'm not mistaken, she was like uh, Donald Trump's consigliere at one point, spiritually, some, you know, decade ago, before he turned into our president. And I remember running into her in the mall, and I was in the food court, and I would take my son there, and we would split a meal, you know, because he's, you know, three, four years old. And I remember Pastor Paula walked up to me, and you could just feel her energy. She's tiny. She's a tiny little blonde thing. But if you close your eyes, you would think Hattie Mae was speaking from a church in deep south Alabama. And I remember thinking to myself, she's more powerful than her husband, because I don't pay attention to nothing her husband say. Now, this is my pastor. So she was like the, the junior pastor at the time. And I remember she came up to me, and was, it, was, it was a bad day. And I remember she came up to me, and she just looked at me. I don't know her. I know that's my pastor, but I don't know her. She doesn't have security, nothing. She wasn't big at the time. And she looked at me, and she said, oh, you are just beautiful. You are so beautiful. Can I give you a hug? Child, listen. I was it was a bad day. Like, you know, I'm destitute. I don't have any money. I'm going through a divorce. And for somebody to pick up on that vibration, right? And come to me in a food court while I'm with my child. And I'm looking at her in her already celebrity status, even though our church did not was not mega mega at that time. It was a large congregation, but it wasn't what it is what it was before it failed. And I remember saying to myself, that woman is really touched by God, and I'm going to follow her. Wherever she goes, I don't care if she was in Arkansas, I would have went, or I would have tuned in because this is before, you know, you could get your word on TV and things like that. And I was hooked, not because she was such a great speaker, but because she was a human. She was mortal at that moment and just saw this single mom. So as you learn the story about Pastor Paula White, you'll learn that she was in a marriage before that did not end well. And listen, I don't point fingers, I don't blame, but when you're in church, those are your church parents. And I remember watching their energy between each other as the marriage was deteriorating and us as a congregation not knowing. And there was no love there. There was no love. I believe that she loved him because in that moment he was more powerful than her, but I believe that as he started letting her have sermons, Okay, because his daughter had brain cancer or a brain aneurysm or something was going on, I believe she started gaining power because what she said was profound, what she said was not demeaning, that's love. She was always leading with love, where I felt like her husband was leading more into politics, leading more into money, leading more into the power. And whenever you follow power, you will fail. You will always fail whenever you're following power instead of love. Now, I want to get into the different forms of love. So long story short, I ended up watching the church deteriorate, um, and I watched it deteriorate to the point where Pastor Paula on her last day there, um, she did some of the, the, the one of the illest things I've ever seen. And in my mind, I thought to myself, that's how I want to be, like, if I ever have to leave somebody, I want to have enough love in my heart to say this and still be angry. Because you could love somebody and be angry at them. I want you all to know that. You could love somebody and want them not to be with you. You can love somebody and wish them well. There's different forms. I'm going to get into that in a minute. And I remember we found out that Pastor uh, Randy was cheating on her. With one of the secretaries who actually looked just like her, and you talking about honey, my church had valet, honey, we had parking attendants you know towards the end of the five year spiel that I was there, so honey, I was there at couples' ministry where you had uh Gary Sheffield and his wife Delion. you had Daryl Strawberry who was in there dealing with his addictions. That's the kind of church that I went to. um My husband worked with uh Daryl and um, Gary and you know it, it was it was a huge church definitely built on politics and money, but Pastor Paula had that love. So she ended up becoming this huge speaker. And I remember watching their body language. I remember watching everything, thinking something's wrong. Because no matter what, my Uncle Michael used to always tell me, like, before I'm a preacher, before I'm anything, I'm a man. Then I'm a father, or then I'm a husband, then I'm a father. I'm a son, I'm all these things. So I remember we found out that Pastor Randy had embezzled some money and did something with a house in Malibu and bought his mistress something going on and, you know, bought her something. And the mistress looked just like, you know, Pastor Paula, who's beautiful, by the way, little tiny thing, beautiful, just beautiful. You would just never know that that love come out of that little body, that little vessel. And I remember we all knew something was going on because it was hitting the papers, it was hitting the news. And she started disassociating herself with him because he was a damn mess. And she felt disrespected. So she's hurt. Here I am, you know, the, the first lady of the church, and you scrounging with a secretary, right, with your Botox in your face. Like, sir, how dare you? And I remember thinking to myself when I met her, that she was bigger than him. And it's funny because I also said this to Demetria Lucas, who was my good girlfriend I've never met. And I remember saying that when she was on a television show, um, the reality show, it was about bloggers and journalists in New York City. And I remember she got married at this big, beautiful wedding. She's beautiful natural queen from uh, Brooklyn. She used to do uh, Bella Brooklyn. Now she, she's most notably known for Don't Waste Your Pretty. That's her catchphrase, her, her brand. And I remember um, – looking at her and looking at her husband and saying, she's bigger than him, this isn't going to work. But it's crazy. And I told her that. I actually had the opportunity to inbox that to her. We had a conversation, and she said, I didn't know that at the time, but I know now thank you for saying that because they divorced subsequently. And so we as women have this problem with love. And the problem that we have is that we think that all love has to end in marriage. All love has to end in sex. All love has to end in children. And we don't acknowledge the other forms of love, which one of them includes respect. And I think that when you disrespect a woman, especially a woman in power, or a woman even such as myself, that's growing, the consequence of that is, is, is there's going to be a lot of damage, right, because I'm coming with love the way I know how to love. So now we have all these love languages, right? We don't have a hate language right? Because hate is just, it is what it is. It's, it's rooted in jealousy. It's rooted in envy. It's rooted in negative and bad intentions. Whereas love is not. That's why we can have a whole language about it. Okay. So I remember Pastor Paul, and this is one of the most, this is one of the more profound moments that I remember in my lifetime, watching a woman. And uh, she sat in the church and I believe it was either her birthday or Pastor Randy's birthday. No, it was Pastor Randy's birthday, and as a wife, you know, you have duties, so even though they were falling apart, the side chick thing was out, the Bentley that was purchased for the other chick was out, all these things, you know, this woman smiling in her face, this is somebody that grew up within the church, like, it'll it don't, it don't never, it don't, it don't never be your enemy, it'll always be somebody that's close to you that's really hating on you and secretly wants your life, not knowing what you had to deal with to get where you was at, right, we don't always post our failures, so... I remember Pastor Paula came in there, and it was so hurtful for me to watch. It was like watching a mother, and she said, you know, I sat in this church. I built this church. She said, I remember when we was in a tent in the middle of Florida, and people was coming to see you speak, and she spoke directly to him. She said, and now you want to come in here, she said, and act like that towards me? She said, well, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. She said, bring me my envelope. She had this, like, big red velvet envelope that had, like, gold-encrusted scrolls on it. And she said, here is my tithe. She said, and you know what? Happy birthday, Pastor. She said, because no matter what, she said, I have never disrespected you in the way that you disrespected me in this house. She talked talked about the house of the Lord, okay? And I remember him just sitting there and not saying anything at all, because what do you say? You know, you come take a dump in my driveway and you want me to talk to you about the dump that you took in my driveway? No, you're doing stuff for attention. You're a nuisance. I'm not going to address you at all. That's more powerful. And I remember when I saw her doing that, I said, oh, the church is over. This whole church is crumbling now. And it did. If I'm not mistaken, it doesn't exist anymore. And that's how we met Pastor Joe Mo Cousins and them, who now runs our Love Love First Christian Academy down in uh Tampa Riverview area his wife Charmaine and I were very close but we all met in that church so you have a lot of people similar to Hurricane Katrina that were displaced once they lose their church home and so it's not that I lost faith in the church I lost faith in humans because we do dirty dirty things and we put so much stock into other humans forgetting that you're still a human right so the different kinds of love that there are, is um, ados, okay. Ados is considered to be dangerous and frightening as it involves loss of control through the primal impulse to procreate. So basically ados is a lower functioning, so that's probably from your root or sacral chakra, which means lust. Ados is basically a form of lust. So it's a sexual or passionate love and it's a type most akin to our modern construct of romantic love. We think that because we're having sex, we're being romantic. We're not. Not always. And there's a form of madness that can be brought on by that. So it's it's rooted in a lower chakra. Then there is storage. Storage is um, love without physical attraction. So storage is primarily to do with kinship and familiarity. So there are people that have storage love for people that they've never met on the Internet. So Beyonce would be a good example. So there's a lot of people that have storage love for Beyonce because they think that they know her, and, you know, um, there's like a dependency, like your music got me through the day and this, 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 and this, but you don't know that person personally. So that's storage. The, I think, highest form of love is um Agape. Which is what we call the spiritual love. So it's the unconditional love, the bigger than ourselves, boundless compassion, infinite empathy, and it's what the Buddhists use as part of their uh, model. We call it charity. The problem with agape is, is that people. Um, the problem with agape is that people don't understand that in our human mortal relationships. There is no such thing as unconditional love unless it's parent to child. Because let me give you an example. If I love you, right, I love you and I love you unconditionally, that's just something nice we say. Because if you love me, there's conditions. Like you can't beat me up. You can't rape children. There are conditions to loving somebody. My condition is that you you, you don't smoke cigarettes. You don't put your hands on me. You don't beat me. You don't rape people. There are conditions. So I can't love somebody through those things. I can still love you in a, you know, a different, in a storage way or in an eros way, but I can't love you in an agape way, the way that you tell us that God loves us, right, because that relationship doesn't exist. Every love has conditions because if it didn't, you would be deemed as a fool. There is called philia which is dispassionate, virtuous love. It's free from the intensity of – it's it's most likely a friendship, okay? And you can bear goodwill to another person for one of those reasons, okay? So philia is basically that love that you have. So, for example, I try to – I function in this level of love a lot because people don't understand why I'm kind to others, and I'm kind to others because I remember when people weren't so kind to me. And so it always astounds me when people don't believe, like, oh, I don't believe that Denise did this or behind the scenes Denise was doing that because I don't have to get online and tell you what I do. I just do what I do. Um, because I know that I'm going to be blessed. And I don't do it for that person to bless me. I do it for the universe to understand that I'm making sacrifices and I'm giving, right? So, and it doesn't always have to be money. But Philia is also considered loyalty. So if I'm not loyal to myself, I can't be loyal to you, right? I am most loyal to myself and to my family. And so the people that end up getting close to me, that's why it's so hurtful when there's a betrayal because literally I don't have to deal with you to still send your parents a card. I don't have to deal with you to still make sure your kids is okay. Cause you're a bad person. So I think that I function best in Celia love. Um, It's mostly platonic. um, And, Agape is just a different kind of, I think, eternal love, and I think that they can coexist at the same time. So a lot of y'all, though, are in the lower vibration, which is adults' love, which you think that because you slept with somebody, and y'all ain't even connected no more. When it comes to sex, y'all ain't even having sex because you love each other or because you're trying to love someone. You're having sex because you're succumbing to your personal low-level desires and you're not trying to connect, not realizing that sex and love are two of the most powerful forms of magic and vibration. You put those two things together, that's eternal. Right? And I'm not talking about love like, "Oh my god, I just love him so much." No, I'm talking about like love, like real love, like I want to make sure you're okay. Are you good? How's your spirit? What what can we heal you from from this from your childhood traumas? We are walking around with bags of traumas. And it's just a, a, only a matter of time before one of them is coming out the backpack. Right? I wouldn't even know what to do with someone that had a white picket fence growing up. I only know how to function in chaos, anger, anxiety, angst, exhaustion, abuse. Those are the things that I'm, I'm, I, I navigate pretty well. <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean that I want them in my relationships, but I, I can recognize them. So, in order for me to love you, I don't have to see you, I don't have to talk to you, you know, I don't have to touch you. To want, and listen, I, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I'm not the type of woman that can say, I love you so much that I want to see you happy even if it's not with me. That would be a lie. You're not with me and I still have that agape love for you. I don't want you even in the same earth as me. I want you to go away. I think that's why I threaten death all the time. Like, you know, if I break up with somebody, I'm like, I hope he dies. Because it's not because, like, I really want you to leave this realm. It's because maybe you can go back and be reborn and I'll meet you in another lifetime on that Erica Badu type stuff. You know, I feel like if I still have agape love for somebody, I don't, you know, I want you to figure out what you need to do to be with me. I don't want, you know, to have these conversations and keep hurting, Right. But if you're not with me, I don't care what happens to you because I know that what I did was pure, and then eventually I'll get over it and we can get into the filial phase and we can get into a different form of love. But I also don't subscribe to the philosophy that once I love you, I always love you. No, no, I don't. If you fell down the stairs, I'm going to laugh at you. If I ain't been with you and you with somebody else and you dogged me out and you did me dirty, I don't care what happens to you. But there's always people, even inside friendships, you know, you're supposed to love your friends I want to see them do better. You're supposed to. That's just really how it goes. And if you don't, that's not love. You know, and I always tell people that love always presents itself, you know, in, in situations and people think it's love and it's really lust. And they say, well, how do you know the difference between lust and love? Well, love requires a sacrifice, right? There's no – you can't even watch television where you see – that there's not a sacrifice being made on a daily basis in the name of love or in the name of something, right? When you go and you lay, you lay flowers at your loved one's you know, grave, that's a sacrifice. That is an altar giving. That is you come bearing gifts. When you, that's why you're not supposed to go to people's houses empty-handed. You come bearing gifts. You're coming paying respect, paying homage. That's love. Part of love is remembrance, right? Part of love is respect. And so if you're in a relationship, don't ever think that because somebody disrespected you that they don't love you. Maybe they just don't know how to love the way that you love, or maybe they're in a different form of love. But let me say this, and I'm going to be very clear about this because I know there are some people that are listening to this that are waiting for me to touch on this that are in the know about what's going on with me. You will never be able to manipulate love, especially not when it comes to me. You can't fake it. I'm going to know. You can't act like you don't care. You could do, you, that's, that's the exact thing. It's an act, right? So if you're acting like you don't care, then I'm going to function like that's the truth because you tell me, men, don't men always tell us, like, don't go by what I say, go by what I do. But I also follow patterns, right? And if your pattern has been to desecrate humiliate and disrespect every woman that has been in your life that maybe tried to help or maybe tried to love you, it was just a matter of time before it was going to be me. And if you disrespect and desecrate the very bed that you sleep in with a woman that you claim that you love, you could have never loved me either. And that's how I function in that. So even though I may love you, not in the way you need me to love you. And that's why sometimes I think I have conflicts in my relationships because I am not your mother. I am not going to unconditionally love you. You are going to have conditions. You are going to have aspirations. You are going to have levels that you need to achieve if we, you and I as a couple, are going to succeed in this thing called life. So when men fall short or when I have fallen short for them, okay, because I just found out I was cold. I didn't know. Like I said, I keep apologizing just because I really didn't know that You know, when I really look back on it, I'm not an emotional person. Yeah, I'm a crybaby. I get my way I, you know, whatever. But I think that with my men, I'm not as forthcoming with my feelings because I don't deal with those type of men that are forthcoming with their feelings to me. So I just pay attention on how they love me, how they touch me, how they take care of me, or how they look out for me. So believe me when I say it's nothing to me to look out for somebody that I know, not even if he had the chance to do it, that he would do it for me, because he wouldn't, okay? A lot of men are very show and prove, just like women are, right? You got to show me. You can't tell me nothing. You have to show me. So if we are in the show and prove, a lot of men want you to prove something to them before they can love you. I'm not doing that. (laughs) I'm not doing that. The very fact that I'm here functioning in love, and I have put up with this, 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 and this, should explain to you. And now I realize that sometimes our men, they need to hear it. Just like we need to hear it, you know, they need to hear it too. What I can also tell you is that you will never, ever be any man that ever loved me, you will never be able to get him away from me. He could die and come back to life ten times. You'll never get me out of their spirit because I don't function in adults. I function in what is eternal. I function in making sure that I get in your head before I get in your bed because I can live there for free. When you love somebody, they're going to always live with you for free. You wouldn't let your child live with you for free? Of course you would. That's a agape, that's love, that's a morning, right? You cannot let people that don't love you or that hate you live in your mind for free. The only people that get to live in my mind for free are people that I know I live in their mind. If you say saying my name, I live. If you bring bringing me up in conversation, I live. If you got to go around the corner and jump a fence three times just to keep me away from somebody, I live. And so because I live, I win. You will never, ever, ever defeat me at anything when you are functioning from hate when you are functioning from a low vibration, you will never win. The only way that you can win with me is with love. Because if you come at me with anything else, I'm going to find out, and then there's going to be a consequence for trying to take something from me that wasn't even rightfully mine. See, honey, people got to understand that when you love people, you have to let them go. And this is not the old adage, if you love something, you let it go, and if it comes back, I don't believe in that either. Because if you love me, you wouldn't have left. (laughs) <laughs> you know but sometimes people need to take a break from each other not so that they can miss each other or or, or any of that but so that i can get myself together cuz maybe i wasn't in the right place to love you the way that you needed to be loved and and i wasn't loving myself because we accept the love that we think that we deserve that's why you keep ending up with bum bum dudes right cuz you're a bum that's just what it is it's a fact And we don't always, like doesn't always attract like either. But that mental, that's what it's attracting. You keep getting girls that want to just take your money and do this and do that, stop advertising. Stop telling people that you got money. Stop taking pictures with your money. Stop taking pictures with weed. You want a dude that wants you for your mind, stop taking pictures in the mirror, the dirty mirror, all kinds of things. Listen, who I am online, that is so cute. But who I am in person is far greater than the person that you see online. That's really who I am, but I'm so many more other things to other people offline, that, that when people know me personally, there are certain jokes that only people that have been around me know what I'm talking about, okay? So there's people right now that know right now I am very hurt about a situation that transpired that I just found out about. Um, not, not on the, no like cheating or nothing like that, but just the levels that people went through, to not allow people proper due diligence. See, the real power would have came, the real love would have came, the real power would have came had you let people do what they do, right? I love to see people do what they can do because I want to see what you're going to do. I'm not going to coach you into anything. I'm not going to force you to do anything. Anything that's forced wasn't yours. If you got to force it, it wasn't yours. Anything that's built in tolerance, it isn't yours. That's not Love. It's not love. And you can love somebody and say, I know I will never put my mouth on that person again. <laughs> you can love somebody and say, I feel bad for what is happening to you, but I also understand the universe has to have you pay that consequence. And so I'm not going to be there to hold your hand, but I'm going to be there to watch your back. You can say that. I Listen, I don't love very many people, literally on my fingers. Literally on my fingers. I love my husband so much I gave him a son, you know. And I loved somebody else very much, but it was just, it was very, very bad. And it was bad in the sense that our demons knew each other. And, and sometimes in, in being in a relationship with that particular person, it was like a mirror. It, 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 that, you know, that's sometimes what our relationships are. It was like a mirror. It was like looking at myself as a man. And that's why I can understand that, you know, what that person is feeling and how they must have felt and what I must have done to contribute to that sadness or to that hurt, to that person. That's love. That's love. When you can sit there and say, I know I wasn't the best person, and I know that he wasn't the best person, although I don't wish him well in the future with other women or anything like that, I do want to make sure he's okay. So these are the things I'm going to do to make sure that these people that I loved are okay. You set up things for people. You make sure they're okay. They don't have to ask. But that's how I'm built. The generation that came after me, not so sure. Not so sure. But one thing I do know, love can't be manipulated. You can't fake it. You can't. I see it. That's why I think I was so hurt with the Nipsey Hussle and the Lauren London because you saw the love. And I'm praying on all the stars in the sky that she was married to him. I do know that he had a woman. People say, well, what does the marriage have to do with it? The marriage has everything to do with it. He left this earth too soon. He has other children. He has, you know, a, another child. He has brothers. He has a mother. If she's not his wife, his legacy is controlled by the people that are blood related to him. She's not blood related. So you could be a fiancé, she had a beautiful ring, you can have all these things. I'm praying that out of the hundreds of properties that he owned, that he put her name and their child's name on one of them so she has a place to live. I'm praying that she was able to, you know what I'm saying, have cash on him because a lot of people don't realize that when people die or when people go away, there's no cash if you don't have access to anything. I'm praying that he loves her enough to put her name on some document, even if it wasn't a marriage license. So y'all keep always saying, like, oh, we in love and it's eternal and this this and marriage is just a piece of paper. Well, money is just a piece of paper, too. <laughs> but we still spend it every day, don't we? We still go to work to get it, don't we? So I want y'all to understand that when you love somebody, right, it doesn't it doesn't have to be a sexual thing. It doesn't have to be that I'm with somebody. I love somebody right now that I will likely probably never speak to again in life, okay, Ma- male or female, because that goes for women too. If we, if we love these, these, our friends as much as we love these Negroes, you understand what I'm saying? And if we beg these women to get back with us as much as we beg these men, some of our friendships would have been salvaged. You know, some of our friendships would have been salvaged. I salvaged a friendship now. I hadn't talked to one person for five years, hadn't talked to another, another one in six years. These were 20-, 30-year friendships. Those are my sisters. And I used to think that, you know, I had another sister out there. But then I watched how she moved. And I feel to myself like I'm saddened because you're not functioning in love. You're not. So I don't even know who you are. Like, were we really ever even friends? You know, you kick somebody when they're down, I don't do that. Now, I might crush you out when you get back up, stay off the floor. You know, you wouldn't worry about people kicking you on the floor if you would stay your ass off the floor. Kick me when I'm down. People kick you when you're down, stay off the floor. It's very simple. But if you do things against me or against other people and you didn't do it based in love, and we already talked about intentions last week, there is a consequence for that. And only the guys know what that consequence is because, trust me, their punishment is far greater than anything that I could ever imagine on any realm in life. Like, I'm astonished by what God does to people that bother with me or that mean me no good. I'm astonished at what he does. His work is supreme. Okay? So going forward, we all have dreams of what we think love is. The real love is in remembrance. The real love is in respect. And the real love is understanding that sometimes time doesn't heal all wounds we hurt each other and i don't also i also don't subscribe to the adage of you hurt the people that you love the most that's closest to you that's abuse that's sadistic no we have to find better ways to love each other so that we don't always root our decisions in hate just because somebody want to talk to you or just because somebody is toxic We love throwing that word around, right? Just because somebody is toxic does not mean that they don't love you or that you didn't love them. It just means that your way of communicating and communication is harmful, and you should be careful. But it also is none of anybody else's business, okay? If you are in a place where you can't communicate effectively, remember I told you all before that some men apologize with their penis because they literally grew up not knowing how to apologize to a woman, so everything always ends in sex. Okay? Some women do the same thing. Oh, he's mad at me. I'm going to just throw some lingerie on and throw some oils on my body and sleep with him, and then we we ain't going to talk about it. Well, what does that do? That thus keeps creating the same problem over and over and over again because we are all still healing from our childhood, not knowing how to communicate. I told you, I just had a little girl think we had smoke because I said when I see her, I'm going to talk to her. Oh, somebody said you had smoke. Somebody said, what? Smoke? girl (laughs) i'm in my 40s with assets we don't have any smoke baby i don't even smoke you know what i mean but i'm leading with love in the sense of i don't want there to be misunderstandings and so one of the biggest things that 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 bothers me in life is if there was ever a misunderstanding and the only misunderstanding that i've been having lately is that there are men that i have dated that literally felt that i did not love them and like i said I don't know how they could have thought that, but then as I sit there and I'm writing this book and I'm, I'm remembering things and I'm like, maybe I was a little caged off. Maybe I was cold. Maybe I was Rick James. you know. But the dreams that we have of these you know, beautiful white weddings and, you know, you can't sell me on a dream I've already lived as a man. You can't. And so the only way that you can function and come at me is with love. That doesn't mean that when you meet me you're going to love me and everything. No, you have to come at me with good intentions. You know, I told you I met this guy, he's a friend of mine now, but first first sit down, we're having dinner, he's like, I can get you these shipping containers, I could do this. He's functioning out of love, love for people, love for business, love for women in general. Let me say something else, ladies, and this is a scary thing, and this is something for you men too. You do know that there are men out there that don't like women that are not gay. They will sleep with you, give you babies, pump you full of kids, give you money, have sex with you, do all that, but they don't really like women. They never learned how to respect or love women because they didn't see it being done in their home. There are women that do the same thing with men, okay? I'm not gay, but I went through a period in life where I did not like men. You couldn't do nothing for me. I'm scared of y'all. Y'all are abusive. Y'all are killing us out here. Y'all are beating on me. Y'all are doing all these things. I just did not like men. And so because I didn't deal with that trauma, I didn't function out of love. I functioned out of survival. I didn't function because I love somebody so much. This person looks like they will protect me. And the very people that we think are going to protect us usually are the ones that hurt us because we become vulnerable with them. Love includes vulnerability. Y'all have to remember that. So when you're talking about all this unconditional stuff and you're living up this in your mind, you have this dream of what you think love is, sit right back down and write it down again. Because if your love has any conditions in it, it's not unconditional. You have to love people just because sometimes. They could be the most horrible person in the world. You don't have to have any contact with them at all. And you can still love them just because. And sometimes that love is more powerful than agape because it's rooted in good vibes. It's rooted in love. It's rooted in I don't want anything from you. I don't need anything from you. I just want to make sure you was okay, okay? So until we can live the dream of being able to sit down and heal our own communities black, white, Asian, all of it. We had a guy call from Singapore last week. I was very impressed, okay? Until we can sit down and talk about getting rid of the hate, we're not really going to be out here loving each other. We're just going to be out here tolerating each other. So my dream is that, we all understand how important we are even to just one person in this world so that if you can understand how much that person loves you or the way that person loves you, it'll make you try to understand the way they need to be loved too. So that's just one of my dreams. So get ready to clean your house to the soulful sounds of Fleetwood Mac. And congratulations to Stevie Nicks for being uh, honored for the second time. The first team to be honored two times for um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, first time with Fleetwood Mac, second time on her own. Definite shout out to her, what we call the White Witch, and this is Sweet back.